Welcome to the Iceland with Kids podcast. We're sharing the best tips and tricks to help you plan an amazing vacation to Iceland. Your host is Eric Newman, the founder of Iceland with Kids. Eric offers custom vacation plans and personal tour guide services for families visiting Iceland. Check out all of the details at icelandwithkids.com. Here's Eric and the Iceland with Kids podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Iceland with Kids podcast. Today, I want to talk about rescuing puffins on the Westman Islands. Uh, in the last episode, episode four, you heard me gush about why I really like visiting the Westman Islands when I'm on a vacation in Iceland, and why I think you should too. And I mentioned the puffins as one of the reasons to visit. What I didn't talk about was a story about how children on the Westman Islands rescue puffins every fall. Thousands and thousands of puffins. It's an amazing story. I think it's my favorite story from Iceland. And to prove that it's my favorite story from Iceland, I wrote a children's picture book called Lundi the Lost Puffin, and it tells the story from the puffin's point of view. So, of course, it's fiction, but it's based on this actual event very, very closely. Uh, that book, I'm excited to announce, has just been awarded a Moonbeam Children's Book Award as the best, I guess the second best uh, children's digital uh, ebook of 2020. So I have a paperback version of it and I have an ebook version as well. That ebook won the silver medal uh, for best children's e-picture book of the year. So I'm excited to announce that and I want to share the story with you today. Mostly not my book, but the actual story of what happens as children rescue puffins on the Westman Islands in Iceland. Let's get started. To help you really understand this story and how these puffins end up lost and lonely on land, let me start with the life cycle of a puffin. So puffins come back to land every spring. They come back to the side of a cliff to raise a single baby puffin. Uh, the puffin parents uh, usually uh, stay together year after year and come back to the same spot to raise their baby year after year. And then at the end, when they're done raising their new baby, they leave. Uh, in the fall, they just kind of go and they spend the rest of the time on the ocean. So puffins actually spend most of their year hanging out on the ocean, diving for fish, just kind of waiting there to go back to have another baby in the spring. And the, it's this leaving part, which is the important part of the story. And so in the fall, they leave their baby chick. And so let me go through this story from the puffin's perspective, from the baby puffin's perspective. The baby puffins are called pufflings, which is just an adorable name for them. They're adorable too, so it matches. The puffin parents lay an egg, and the egg incubates for about six weeks. The parents take turns sitting on it. Actually, they don't sit on it, by the way. They kind of go next to it and keep it warm. And then it hatches. And then for about six weeks, the parents again take turns feeding the baby. The baby is in this burrow underground, so it's protected from predators, other birds that might want to eat this cute little puffling. And the parents go back and forth getting fish for the baby. The baby eats up to 10 times per day, every day, all the time. So life is good. It's hidden away. It's usually with one of its parents and they're bringing it fish day after day after day. Well, in the fall, the parents pick a day, usually all the parents on the same cliff pick the same day to leave their burrows, their nests, and go back to the ocean. And a lot of times the parents just leave and the puffin's still there. Sometimes the puffin leaves first, the, I'm sorry, the puffling leaves first, but usually I think the parents leave first. And the baby who's been getting fed meal after meal after meal, day after day after day, suddenly 
It's just in the burrow, kind of hanging out by itself. And the parents are on coming and it gets hungry. And so it has an instinct that at night, it knows it needs to leave and go find food. It's got to go find fish. And those fish are in the ocean. Now, it, of course, doesn't know which direction the ocean is, but it does know its instinct is that there's a cliff behind it and there's ocean in front of it, hopefully. And so its instinct is to fly toward the moon, toward light. And this is what gets it into trouble. Sometimes it works, but on the Westman Islands, the lights of the town, the town of Hema'e, which we call the Westman Islands, the lights of the Westman Islands, confuse it. It flies. It says, aha, there's the moon, there's the ocean. And instead of flying toward the ocean, it flies toward those lights of the city. And it lands, and then it's stuck. Now, there's a season to this, right? So I talked about how all those parents leave toward the end of summer, beginning of fall. And so starting in late August, and for maybe up to a month, these little pufflings just appear at night in the town on the Westman Islands. And there is a, a tradition in the Westman Islands dating back at least hundreds of years, if not longer, where the children go out and rescue these pufflings. And so the children get to stay up late. They bring a flashlight, they bring a cardboard box, and they go, I don't want to say puffin hunting because that <laughs> implies something different, and they go searching for lost baby puffins, lost pufflings. Um, and this is a huge operation. So I think the number last year, um, so in the fall of 2020, um, they rescued over, I think it was over 5,000 pufflings. And in the fall of 2019, I, I think they set a record. It was over 7,500 pufflings. So thousands and thousands of these. And so the children go around at night. If they find a, a puffling, they coax it, hopefully gently, into their cardboard box, which is the puffin's home for the night. They take it home with them and they spend the night with this loud, noisy, probably scared puffling in a box, probably don't get very much sleep. And the next day, they take it to the Sea Life Trust, the aquarium, new aquarium in town, which weighs them, checks them out, makes sure they're healthy, makes sure they don't have any oil on their wings. And then if the puffin is healthy enough and weighs enough, the Sea Life Trust tells the, the kids that they can go and release this puffin to the ocean. And the kids take their box to the ocean, sometimes to a cliff or just to a beach, and they throw the puffin. And there's a, there's a technique to this. So they go sort of underhand, you know, you just kind of spread your legs out, face the ocean, and kind of throw it underhand, you know, with two hands. And the puffin flies into the ocean. Sometimes it just kind of plops into the ocean. 15 feet away, but it's in the ocean. Sometimes it flies and flies and flies. But once it's in the ocean, it's good. It knows how to seek out its the other puffins that are there. It knows how to find fish, or at least find the other puffins that'll help it find fish. And it's saved. And this is a really wonderful tradition. It's hard for tourists because you don't know exactly when the season is going to be. Um, you can you know, plan your trip months ahead and kind of pick early September. But maybe the season isn't quite right that year and it hasn't started yet. But it is something I think you can kind of pick a maybe mid-September mid type date and plan um, and actually go and try your hand at this. The other thing that makes this easier that I mentioned in the last episode is that it used to be as you got in toward fall and the weather got a little bit colder and the water got a, a little bit rougher in the ocean, that you were more likely to end up at the further away ferry port and have a two hour, 45 minute ride instead of a 35 minute ride. And for all of the details and the names of those 
of those ports of those harbors, go listen to our last episode, episode four, where I covered that uh, toward the end of the episode. But there's a new ferry now as of the fall of 2019, which is custom built for that closer port for Landeahubben. And so it's much more likely that you're going to have a, you know, a, a short, reliable trip to the Western Islands and not get stuck, either stuck there, period, or stuck going to a port which is much further away. So I think this is practical now if you're planning a, you know, a sort of fall trip, if that works out with school schedules and everything else, you can actually go and maybe spend a couple of nights in the Westman Islands and try your hand at saving baby pufflings taking them to the Sea Life Trust and releasing them the next day. I think it would be an amazing experience and hopefully I'll get to do that uh, in the fall of 2021. If you're interested in sharing this story with your kids, um, you could visit Iceland. Um, an easier way is to buy my book, a little self-promotion here. Uh, the book is called Lundi, the Lost Puffin. And as I mentioned, it just won a Moonbeam Award, a uh, silver medal uh, in the category of best children's ebook of 2020. Um, I published the book in July of 2020. This was my you know, COVID quarantine project. Um, and it's a picture book. And so it's targeted toward children ages maybe three to eight. Um, you could try younger, you could try older, but it is a pretty short picture book. And so I think, you know, kids in that maybe three to six or seven range are probably where it's best for. Um, there's a paperback edition, um, which I like, although I guess the judges of the Moonbeam Awards like the ebook better because it was the ebook which won. But it's the same book, um, the same pages and the same words. Um, there are some dark pictures in the paperback that might actually look better on the screen, right? So Lundi is the puffin, and Lundi, by the way, is a word that means puffin in Icelandic. And so I guess if you speak Icelandic, my title, Lundi the Lost Puffin, sounds like Puffin the Lost Puffin. It might sound strange. Uh, he's named Lundi. He gets lost. And when he gets lost, of course, it's nighttime, right? He doesn't leave his burrow till the evening. And so it's dark because um, it's fall, right? It doesn't get dark in Iceland over the summer, but it does you know, starting at the end of the summer. And so there are some dark pages there where it is easier to see some of the details in the ebook. So maybe that's why they chose the ebook instead. But either way, you get the same story. I like printed books, but you can go either way. Um, and you can share the story with your kids. Uh, I'm going to have the ebook on sale, um, sort of to celebrate my win. My, I can now call myself a, an award winning children's book author. Um, and so if you go to Amazon, and we'll have a link in the show notes, you can grab a copy of the ebook. I'll have it on sale for the next, uh, hopefully, the next couple of weeks uh, for $1.99. Um, that's the digital edition, which won the award. You can buy the print book as well. That'll be $9.99. These are US dollar prices. It'll be you know, converted for other currencies. So check out the book. Uh, tell me what you think. And I hope you enjoyed the story about rescuing lost puffins on the Westman Islands. Thanks for listening. Let me add a quick epilogue to this episode. And the episode is about rescuing puffins on the Westman Islands and also about winning a Moonbeam Award for my book. Soon after I realized that I had won a Moonbeam Award, I noticed that someone else had also won a Moonbeam Award. And she also wrote about puffins in Iceland. Just kind of a crazy coincidence, so I felt I had to mention her here at the end of this podcast. Her name is R.A. Anderson, and I called her up after I found out she had won as well, and we had a great conversation about seeing puffins in Iceland. Her series is called Iceland, The Puffin Explorers. Uh, she won for Best Kids Book Series. So she has three books, and the Iceland, The Puffin Explorers series, there's puffins that go around exploring Iceland. The first one is really all focused on puffins, but then in the other two books, they really go around other parts of Iceland. And they're 
probably hundreds of photographs that uh, the author has taken on her trip. Um, and it's a kind of fun, rhyming story meant for older kids than, than my book. You know, each of her books is probably twice as long as my book and has about maybe 10 times as many words. So you're getting many, many more words with her books. I think her age range is about maybe seven to 10 and mine is maybe about three to seven or three to eight. So if you have older kids, you might want to consider uh, her books as well. You can find her on Amazon, Iceland, the Puffin Explorers, and her name is R.A. Anderson. Thanks for listening to the Iceland with Kids podcast. For more information, check out our website at icelandwithkids.com. Or if you want help planning your Iceland vacation, or even having me serve as your personal guide in Iceland, just send me an email, eric at icelandwithkids.com. Thanks for listening.